My name is Fortune Teller Baba, and you're listening to the Hermit Style Podcast. Now, where's my brother? I need my 10 zenny back with 57 years interest. Welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. Talking all about the Dragon Ball Supercard game. From competitive play to the world of collecting. With your host, Jimmy Bacon. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast. We are back. It is Friday, November 5th. Got another great episode today. The third of our four-part series, The Road to Nats. Uh, I not I brought not one but two special guests on this show to talk all about Cell Surge. I feel like that is the boogeyman, if you will, of the format, and it's definitely one that you should understand if you're, if you're playing in this format. But we go into great detail. I think uh, in this episode we we really go in depth. Um, I think you all will be very happy with some of the play lines we talk about. Um, and even some games we play. So got a lot to be excited for. Uh, before we get into that, we do have some news. And um, there isn't much news, but a little bit to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. I actually just myself finished packaging my next order to send off to Beckett. I've got three cards I'm sending. One of them is Nick's. Uh, he sent me his Apex. Nick is in Canada. And uh, it's hard for them to to be able to send it over. So he sent it to me to get ready for him. So we're sending in an Apex. And then I'm sending in my Denial of Hope winner and my last Goku Frieza SCR. So fingers crossed we get some good grades. We're going no subs, going in blind, see what we get. I'm feeling good, though. I'm feeling good. The Goku Frieza, that is probably... If that's not a black label, black label just... It's not in my future. That's it. <laughs> like this, this card looks perfect to me. If it doesn't get a black label, I don't know. I'm gonna be sad. But at least a ten. We're if you know, at least a ten. If it's below a ten, I might just never grade again. <laughs> I'll be too defeated. But uh, but yeah, I've got I've got a lot of optimism for this order that's gonna come back good. I think the denial of hope winner. I think it's gonna get a nine five. There's like one tiny little speck on the back you can barely see i didn't even see it till i looked at it for a good minute but that might get the surface down at grade but everything else looks perfect so you know nine five or ten you know if i just get a, a small ding on surface i'd be all right with that so we'll see though sending them in i just got them all ready to go and uh yeah wish wish me luck send me your energy <laughs> And uh, hopefully we'll come out on top on this one. Because if y'all know my last submission to Beckett, it was not pretty. (laughs) So I got to redeem myself. But anyways, let's uh, let's hop into the news. News from the lookout. Okay, so for news today, they announced uh, worlds for Dragon Ball. So obviously we've been preparing for nationals. But first and second place from North America will qualify to be to be able to compete in the uh, in the world tournament. So that is really exciting. I think everyone's been waiting and waiting for this announcement to see what it would be. And uh, here it is. So will be very difficult to get into. And I believe if I read it correctly, we are the only country to have two players 
in the tournament. I believe everyone else only has one player. Uh, you guys can correct me if I am wrong on that. But that aside, the prizing, holy crap. This prizing is the, by far, hands down, the best prizing that they've ever had, which, I mean, hey, it's it's a world tournament. <laughs> I think only eight people in total will qualify. So yeah, it should be should be pretty legit. Uh, but check this out. Participation. Everyone who participates in this gets a Apex of Power SCR World Championship stamp card. <sighs> they stamped that one of the one of the grails of this game. So it's gonna have a world championship stamp on it. We haven't seen what it looks like yet. Everyone's waiting. They said they'll be announcing it soon. Um, and then on top of that, they do also get a uh, Unison Warrior Series Boost 7 Leader Set uh, with the World Championship stamps on them as well. So that's incredible. Uh, top four all gets a World Championship playmat. That's cool. But here's where it gets exciting. Third place, Soul Striker Reborn Silver Metal Card. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're moving up. Top two, a Soul Striker Reborn Gold Metal Card plus a Boost 7 Booster Box before pre-release. Cool. But this is where it is absolutely bonkers. The champion, okay, the world champion will get a one of one Sun Goku Awaken Power Gold Medal card. So they're doing a gold medal original victory strike. That is insane. I am scared to know what this would sell for because we've already seen just normal Awaken Powers. Selling for up, some of them perfect 10 selling for 10 grand. Okay. And that's a card that it's not super hard to find. Like if you look at the pop report, there's quite a bit of them on the market. This is a one of one. I mean, <laughs> y'all let me know what you think is going to be worth because I think it's going to be insane. It's uh might be a down payment on a house, maybe more. <laughs> Um, there's also a trophy and then you also get to develop a card together with Bandai, which is super, super cool. I love it when, uh, when card games do this, the spoils did the same thing with their worlds. The winner got to design a card. And I, I just think that's a really, really cool thing to have as a fan of the game. It's kind of a dream to be able to design your own card to put into the game. So fantastic prizing for that. They nailed this one on the head of everything that I've been, um, pessimistic about and not happy about. As far as prizing goes for these tournaments, Nationals and Worlds, Bandai knocked it out of the park. So got to give it to them there for sure, for sure. Um, they did also announce the commentators for Nats. So there's actually a, a bunch. Uh, there's a ton of people commentating this episode, which is pretty cool. So they have Aspira, Eggman, Zap, who uh, Zap was just recently on the show. Uh, he did my advanced deck building episode. If you missed that, definitely go check it out. Uh, they have Brian from Stage Zero, and then they have the two Supa players, Anthony and C-Rod. So ever, all of them will be commentating. I'm assuming there will be some sort of a rotation of sorts. Um, that way they get some breaks and everyone gets uh, gets to jump in. I'd imagine it wouldn't be all of them at the same time. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's super cool to have some um, content creators commentating and then... Um, I believe that was it from their from their last announcement. But yeah, if you if you want to see it for yourself, you can always go to the Dragon Ball Super Card Game Facebook page. That is usually the easiest way, at least for me, to find the news between that and their website. Um, but yeah, other than that, not much else going on. Some more Mythic Booster reveals. They did reveal the Master Roshi Power Burst art, which we've already seen. But man, seeing the uh, seeing the actual image of it, the scan, ooh, yo. 
I mean, hermit style, come on. <laughs> like, we have to be playing with those. I don't know what my split will be. I do love the gold Khaliflas that I have, the gold Khalifla power burst. Um, I do love them, or Kefla, whoever the heck it is on there. Um, but Roshi, man, R Roshi's the boy. So we might have to just go two level two Roshis and two of the mythic booster and uh, put the gold ones away. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, but super, super cool. And they also did an art for Super Kamehameha that actually looks really good. It looks a lot better than the original. So that's exciting. I'm happy that they are redoing cards as full arts that never had the opportunity to be a full art before, like Super Kamehameha is from set seven. And that was before they did full art foils. So I'm happy that they at least are putting some of those cards in the mix so we can get those full arts that we want. So that's exciting too. And uh, yeah, that's everything for Dragon Ball news. We do have one new piece of Hermit style news. Uh, I just got confirmed today. I will have in time for Nats, the first ever order of Hermit style shirts and stickers. So if anyone going to Nats would like to pick up a Hermit style shirt, hit me up, let me know. I'll be putting up a pre-order very soon and then I can bring your shirt to Nats. Uh, that way you have it there for the event. So if you uh, wanted a shirt, hey, there you go. Uh, I'll post it on my Instagram soon. So be on the lookout for that post. You can see what it looks like. I think they came. I think that design is really cool. Um, but yeah, so definitely, definitely, definitely. If you want one, get one quick because I did not order a whole bunch. And um, I did order part of the order is going to the team. So there, there won't be many. So if you do want one, make sure you're quick on the pre-order form when I put that up. Also, the Hermit Style YouTube channel is back in action. We just dropped a new video, so make sure to go check that out. It is called An Evening with Hermit Style Volume 1. We have everyone from our A-team on there to just talk. Uh, it's We kind of discuss different topics, almost like a mini, it's like a mini podcast. So if you want more content from Hermit Style, definitely check out the YouTube channel. We'll be doing all sorts of different things. It's going to be a bi-weekly show that we do but we'll also have deck profiles deck doctors all kinds of different things so check it out uh go on youtube search hermit style we'll be there uh, or you can just go in the discord and all the links are there and uh, let us know what you think let us know what you want us to talk about and um yeah ho hopefully enjoy it uh and then aside from that that's it so without further ado let's jump into the third of our series the road to nets turtle school weekly focus all right, everybody. So for our main focus this week, I brought not one, but two special guests on the show. Um, both are members of our competitive team for Hermit Style. Uh, one of them has been on the show before. He is a man of many names. You may know him as the King of the North, Canadian Jesus, or Fighting Gundam. We have all the way from, yep, you guys guessed it, Canada, we have Armando and his trusty sidekick, Nick. Welcome to the show, guys. I like to think we're like a low rent, uh, John Carlo and Sublet, but Canadian. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the Canadian part basically makes us the budget version, so. So uh, I guess it's audio. So hey, everybody, I'm Armando. Thanks for having me back on the pod. Uh, you, can you can wave. If you want, yeah. Will they see it? Like, is yeah. this a video version? Yeah, well, they, they, just so, close your eyes, guys. Close your eyes and yeah, imagine it. I'm <laughs> smiling and waving but, in the robe. Um, this has <laughs> always wearing the robe, <laughs> so this has a special place for me because um, I understand that we're here to talk about cell surge. 
which is a deck that previously on my first appearance on the pod, uh, Jimmy and I talked as being the most underrated deck in the format. Yeah. That was a long time ago too. Yeah. I think it was like April or something. I was just like, people just have to start playing the deck and it'll start winning tournaments. And then to bolster my terrible takes, we have uh, my teammate, teammate twice over now, Nick, who, um, is not only what I consider to be the best cell surge player in the game, but taught me how to play a cell surge. After you told me you didn't want coaching. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you had a lot of success with, with cell surge, like real early on, right? So yeah, these, these were, these ones were a while ago. So I got top four with a, a Hayden undefeated. So only one tie for the October finals. And then in December, I won it with cell, both of them a cell surge. Yeah. No, okay. he, like popularize the Frieza package in cell surge. Right, it right. was uh, really good. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, but we, so yeah, like, like Armando said, um, we're going to be talking about soul surge for this part of the, of the series, the road to nets. And I wanted to, to bring these guys on because like Armando said, um, Nick has himself has put in, I mean, Nick, how many games do you think you've put in a cell surge? Cause I know it's an insane amount. It's gotta be thousands. So- it's got to be. It's not, it's not over a thousand. So, this, so for 2021, I, I definitely haven't put as many numbers. Um, for 2020, it was probably like over around or just over a thousand. Yeah. So you've you've put a, a lot a lot of time into this leader. So I thought it was yeah. really important to have you on. And then, of course, Armando, you've been playing the deck a lot as well. Um, and it's yeah, one man, of the. I, I've, go ahead. I've played. I've played against Nick like a hundred times when he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've you've been on the other side of it too. So <laughs> exactly. So I think uh, between us, we have a pretty good idea. Um, he and I, Nick and I, were both considering it as a Nats deck. I don't think we're going to consider it anymore. It's still a very strong deck. Um, we're just going to talk, uh, walk you through some play lines that you might see, some scenarios. I I came up with like a fun game. It's called Good Choice or Sorry You Lost. So I'm going to pitch a scenario at Nick. Um, He's going to tell me it was either a good choice or he's going to tell me, sorry that I lost. Oh, uh, that's, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And then if you want to hear more about the thoughts behind it, Jimmy, you can just fire away and ask questions. I'm just waiting right. for every single one to be sorry you lost. <laughs> Damn, that was, that was the game. Jimmy just turned it for you. Okay, so now I have um, to spin it. Now I have to change my version. Next, next topic. Before we um before we jump into the game, um, before like we go real deep diving into cell surge, I do want to ask your guys' opinion first on what you think, because I've asked every guest on the show this before we actually dive into the conversation. What do you guys think? I don't whoever can go first will be the most popular decks. Like if you're going to Nats, like between three to five decks, what are you most likely to see? What do you think most of the room will be on? I mean, considering this will be my first net since 2020, we didn't have it. My take's probably just going to be completely random here. Um, but I, I do think that the most popular Blues deck will still just end up being Soul Striker. Um, for Black, it's obviously going to be Dark Broly because it's snapped. I'm just kidding. It'll be Gogeta Xeno. Um, Cell Search for Green. And it, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Yellow has anything better than Icarus at this point, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Um, Armando, any any differences? Uh, any other decks that you think you might see that are going to be very popular? Or you think he's pretty much on the money? So I think like Cell Surge is probably the safest bet. I think that the issue we have is that recent format change, which um, 
that uh, you know basically it makes the the round best of one and shaves ten minutes off the end. Um, you're going to have some interesting takes. So I'll just take some different. I'll pick some different decks that I think are going to be fast decks. People might consider. Um, I think we're actually going to see some Jiren in uh, Nats. I think we'll see a couple of red Jiren decks. Um, I think. Oh, if- I forgot about red. Yeah. What about red voice? <laughs> that, that color. <laughs> Red's so bad we didn't even talk about it. Uh Broly Swap then, yeah, actually too. Nah, Broly Swap's unplayable. That that loses to Zamasu. Um I think you'll see I think you'll see Jiren as the red deck. Um and maybe start of Vegeta. Uh or red green start of Vegeta. Um another green deck I think we'll see is King Cold. Um it just it has a pretty even spread. And it can it can dictate the pace of the game, which is always really good to have in a competitive environment. I do think SS Force not entirely dead. I think it's still playable, but it's just pray for cell surge. So you're either going to take um, SS Four and hope you dodge the cell matchups, or um, and when you say SS Four, which leader are you talking about? Oh, that terrible one. Yeah, <laughs> obviously Bardock. Yeah, no, the um, the blue Vegeta, the blue SS Four Vegeta, <laughs> the one that ramps. Right, right, right. Okay, that's um, bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that is I think the Armando that take. take. <laughs> yeah, my take. I'm obligated to say it. Yeah, exactly. It's in our contract. But um, <laughs> yeah, that that's my takes. That's that's okay. what I would consider. Cool, cool. Uh, but I think so. We all agree that Cell Surge will definitely be a highly played deck. So my next question before we we jump into your game is: What percent of the room do you expect to be on Cell Surge? Twenty. What about you, Nick? I think it'll be lower, probably fifteen. Fifteen percent. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. I talked about the circle with John Carlo last week, and it's just like everyone is going through these phases of like, man, it's such a good deck. I gotta play it. To like, man, everyone's gonna play it. I gotta play something else that beats it. And then it's like, man, everyone is now trying to play something else that beats it. Now I gotta try and pivot to a different deck. And then it's like, man, everyone's pivoted off of it. I'm back on it. Like it's just this vicious circle that just goes round and round. I think. So- but it was worse than that, though, because like all the changes we had in the last month also made everyone have to reevaluate. Oh yeah, those choices. So, so here's my take for why I think it'll be more popular. One, it's relatively cheap. Okay. Um, two, you don't need any cards from set fifteen to run it. All right. Sure. So you don't need. You can. That's a deck I can pick up today and start testing and bring the nats with all my testing complete. I don't have to buy any new cards. Um, it's one of the most consistent decks in the format because you're digging top five. You're filtering five cards every turn. Uh, that, that's consistency is insane in competitive environments. And um, the best bit is that with the new time changes, your game one is going to, on average, take 15 to 20 minutes. So if you keep, if you, your win con is getting your opponent to zero cards in hand. Um, your opponent has two decisions. They can either scoop turn three when they have zero cards, or they can try and grind it out. If they try and grind it out, you can keep them at a low hand size. And this is cheesy, but I'm sure you'll see this. Uh, then at 30 to 35 minutes, you can take them from six life to zero, winning the game. And then that leaves you uh, 15 to 20 minutes to finish your game two, which you're not going to get there um, because you can just use your surge skill two turns in a row and it, it shuts off your opponent. So your yep. opponent will have maybe three turns to kill you, uh, which just isn't going to be enough time. Yep. Yep. Like I said, that's cheesy. It's taking advantage of the format, 
but I think if I'm playing the deck that has the best game one in the format, that's going to be my strategy. Yeah. And um, even to push that point further, it's also a deck that can finish a best of three if you want to. So if if your opponent takes game one, you don't really have to, time is not an issue for it, but you can manipulate it so that the format just probably gives it a boost. Yeah, once your opponent, once you get your opponent to zero cards in hand, that's your win con, right? Like yeah. you can realistically win the game at any time after that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, cool. So I think uh, I I would agree. I'm I'm gonna side more with Armando, and that I think it'll probably be I think it'll probably be at least a fifth of the room. But regardless, fifteen to twenty percent, that means you're highly likely to see it. So it is a great deck to talk about. And um, yeah, I I, I want to get started with the game. Are you cool doing the game now? Hell yeah! Okay, yeah. let's uh, let's start. Okay, Nick. So again, your choices are good choice or sorry lost. Um, step one: I took a leader that can self awaken to gnats. Good boy. Yeah. Good, good boy. boy. <laughs> I mean, I know I know you just got a dog, but I, I assume that was directed at me. Yes. Okay. Um, scenario two. I charge to four in a deck that can't self-awaken. Oof. Yeah. Sorry, Good I lost. Off, bro. <laughs> okay. Uh, scenario three. I played an aggro deck against Cell Surge. Very good boy. Yeah. Um, I kept up energy for counterplays. Ooh, that's almost like a trick question for that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll say yes. So in this one, I'll actually give an explanation to it. Is that okay? Yeah, sure, because I disagree with you. So go ahead. It depends what color you're playing. So if you're playing blue-yellow, and it's their turn to play the unison, then like, hell yeah, you're going to smash down that Zamasu, because it's going to leave you beat to be KO-free from the unison the entire game. In an instance like that, then yeah, you did a good job. Um, in other instances, no, there's no point. Like if, you're, if your counterplay is doing something that can replace itself and do something else on top of that, then yes, in all other instances, no. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. I think in most of the... And for example, let's say I KO your card and I see you have two energy up and you're a blue-yellow deck. I'm going to assume you have Zamasu. I'm going to KO your card. There's no chance I'm going to drop my surprise attack, Frieza, because I don't want to let you board that Zamasu for free, right? I'm going to try and get your hand to zero first instead. So it just cha- it just causes a change in play lines. Um, okay, it's game two and my opponent has two energy standing, two cards in hand. And I use Ribran. Did they do a full Mulligan six? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's not going to end out well. So no, yeah, they're going to lost. They're going to double the burn and draw four. Uh, you just gave them cards on your turn. Good job. Okay. <laughs> uh, swinging for twenty to twenty-five k against Cell when they have an energy standing. Ooh, you lost. Yeah, because you're going to eat a Cell's command man. Okay, and uh, that uh, that concludes my game. It was five scenarios, I think. So uh, nice. That, uh, Nick did pretty just, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only disagreed with him on one. That was uh, that's just some uh, some things that we talk about and go through, like from my playing him, and I was watching someone else play a couple cell games and kind of writing down what happened. So interesting oh, that was cool. um, no, that, that was fun that was fun that was cool yeah just make it different Ho- hope you guys like if you guys didn't like it i don't care we already started, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's not getting cut at this point so. um 
Cool. No, I think the, no, that was fun. No, that was a really good way to get started with it. So yeah, with, with cell surge, um, I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about the strategy or when kind of the deck. I think we've basically covered that. Um, you discard cards out of your opponent's hand. <laughs> Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about and just like surface level, just general strategy when kind of the deck other than that? Yeah. So like against, um, and I'll let Nick jump in too, because now he. So I'm going to say stuff that everybody knows. Against green, it's important to see your Zamasu, the five drop, that it's got indestructible. That card wins the green and it wins the mirror. Um, because you can just keep swinging it at your opponent's unison to make them discard. And against blue. Yep. Yeah, yeah. very good against blue, yeah. Exactly. Um, if I'm playing blue yellow, I should be playing Zamasu. Not only is it a check land, not only is it a counterplay that replaces itself destructible, and the interaction with the Dark Broly Unison is such that uh, when I choose the KO card, I can choose my indestructible card, and my indestructible card doesn't get KO'd. So it makes you immune to the Dark Broly Unison, which is certainly something to consider. Mm-hmm. And when you need to as well, you probably got the energy standing from a low hand size if you been in an odd situation to the game you can always combo with it when you need to to go for game so i guess uh surface level you should have an understanding of what cell surge does uh if you're going in and out you should test against it you should know that they're going to main deck four ribrian um at least six draw cards they're going to main deck um three to four cells kamehameha they probably won't main deck self-awakeners um depending on the kind of list that they use but uh, I think everyone's moving away from self-awakeners. Um, they're going to have three to four Frieza counterplays, and the only unison you'll see is Dark Broly. So that's something really important to consider as you're playing. Yeah. Um, well, like the the deck does have an inherent self-awakeners with the nine drop, but um, yeah, especially, yeah, yeah. especially right. in this yeah, format where yeah, where it gets hurt against a lot of aggro decks. Um, most of the aggro decks right now are still going to be that two or less. At this point in time, so I wouldn't be shocked to see one anywhere between one and three shocking death balls in the main. I think three is too many, but I wouldn't be surprised if anyone ran anywhere between one and three. So that in itself can be a self awakener. And um, a, a lot of people are running the draw super combos now, like the Paragus, just because uh, with the increased Siles Kamehameha, with um, the increased surprise attack freezes, the deck does run a lot of cards you can't combo with. So um, you should probably expect them to have at least a couple Paragus super combos to draw more. Yeah, I agree with that. It has more cards to combo with than it used to. Yeah, I guess it's build dependent. You're the expert. I'll defer to you on that. <laughs> yeah, um, it, trust me, before there, if you once you entered the combo phase in the old one, it was GGs. <laughs> so um, the only other surface level thing I would say is like the uh, the plus minus strategy. So, like, um, you have to know, turn one, they can sell Skamea you, so that's minus one. Turn two, they can Ribrian you, that's another minus two. Turn three, they're going to Dark Broly, ideally, that's a minus two. Then they're going to um, Ribrian you again after they awaken, which is another minus two. Then, um, if they paste correctly, they'll have a Toa, which is a minus one. And then they'll have the leader skill, which can be another minus one to get you to zero cards. So um, They could also turn- have the, uh, the Deborah. Uh, yeah, I, I inclu- sorry, I included that with the br- dark Broly unison. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. And the freezer chain for another. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, Frieza for another one. Yeah, see, that's why next the expert, Frieza gets you another one. <laughs> because I remember the Frieza chain. So, one, that's <laughs> Good one, job, Nick. Three, Yay. five, seven, eight, nine, ten. So by turn three, they're taking uh, 10 to 11 cards out of, out of your hand. So if your deck can't draw 10 to 11 cards in the first three turns, you should expect that um, you're going to have zero cards in hand at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that um okay nick any any other like quick surface level things you want to talk about the deck before we kind of dive a little deeper for surface level on that i mean here's the only thing that's a difference on the surface level about talking about the 10 to 11 cards it doesn't necessarily super ideal for cell to be awakening on that turn three so if you've got a deck that self-awaken cool but also isn't doing anything for interactions cell's not going to awaken with seven or six life they're yeah. only doing it with four. That's facts. For sure. So, For sure. If yep. you if you aren't if you are a deck that can function by not needing to swing with a lot of stuff outside of just your leader, then there's a decent chance that you actually don't need to force them to awaken. I have lost a lot of games by awakening too early. And every time I do it, Nick's like you shouldn't have awakened. <laughs> it's it's hard though sometimes because it's just like i could also just draw into one of the nine drops and then we're good yeah, exactly. but it's so it's a greedy deck maybe one of, <laughs> maybe one of my next three draws will help me get there because <laughs> <laughs> you're only getting two to three more anyway so conversely because we know that right um we know you're probably best to leave cell at five or six life and force them to self-awaken themselves. Oh, that's it, actually the one question I was disappointed you never asked. Oh, is at least for the opponent. Yeah, I, I oh, thought you would yeah, ask that one, one actually. Yeah, is 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 you're looking at if you're looking at cells leader. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you this one. You're playing against cell, okay? Yeah, turn, no, you know you know a compressor. It's it's <laughs> turn three. They've got their unison out. They didn't awaken. You need to draw. Where you then? Then they're sitting at six life. Do you want to try and pressure from the game? Okay. Well, are you swinging it, into unison? This e- this season isn't even a good choice or a sorry you lost. It's a you're bad or you're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I swing well, into the I swing into the unison to draw a card because I'm never going to delete that unison unless I'm playing like the Kai uh, secret rare. So I might as well punt into the unison, draw my card, and then. Um, uh, let you let you try and awaken yourself. So this, but this is still like the remaining kind of surface level stuff here is just yeah. So they're the six life. So why are you forcing them to stay at six life and prolonging the game? Yeah, because um, eventually Cell's going to bottom out of their uh, discard power. Like they're going to discard a lot of cards out of your hand, but they only have four Rebrands. They only have four Deburros. And they only have so many cards in hand to pitch off the unison skill. So I think and that... Go ahead. I was going to say, and they need to see them. So the more cards you're giving them off their life, the more cards they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially the irony is you bleed out Cell. Yep. It's, um, and again, that's, that's a good point. And likewise, if you're Cell, if I have six life and I play my unison on three, I probably lost. You're better off tapping two to Ribbery in them and leaving one up defensively and seeing if they swing into you. Like, you, uh-huh. don't, you don't always jam your unison down on three. And that's still a minus three to their hand. Yeah. 
which the again if they don't have battle cards on board it's fine to just wait another turn yeah. right yeah that makes sense cool um so and we've started to cover this a little bit but i'll just ask you guys directly so we can get through any um any other ideas you have on this topic obviously the we, we just you just brought up a weakness of the deck where eventually it bottoms out um and we've talked about some of the strengths of the deck obviously hand destruction is just what it does it's what it's strong at and it's going to be strong against decks that can't keep up as much of a hand size um but other than the obvious of those two are there any other strengths or weaknesses that you two want to note about the deck um it actually has a deceptively strong aggro um lean to it so you can't just say oh yeah like i'm fine because this deck just hand controls it doesn't have any pressure um on a good turn you can easily rip six life from your opponent without them ever having a card in your hand. Yeah, so, if you get late enough in the game, you can just 8-0 them. Yeah, even at four energy on Awakened, I think you can 6-0 them. I don't... I've never 8-0'd anybody. I always just swing 10 to leader, and they usually take it. But uh, I've definitely 6-0'd people on four energy before. I think the lowest I've ever done is 7-0 on two energy. That's nutty. I mean, I'm assuming you sell... Are uh, you freeze a chain luck sack them a bit? But no, that was when um, the Goku was still legal before it got banned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that crit Goku, that oh, card yeah. was snapped. That card was that was that was against they, the X players though. That card's nutty in cell search. <laughs> yeah, and I got that right. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's not terribly missed. I I honestly, my big annoyance with it being gone is you can't warp stuff anymore. That was nuts to be able to warp something. Yeah, a little bit of extra board control was really good. That I agree. For, for free, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, the crit was weird. I, d- I didn't care if it even meant a blocker or something. Like, that didn't matter to me. It was just straight up, like, if I can warp something on the board, hell yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, speaking of board, one thing you have to keep in mind is board state. Um, if you're going to play a card that you need to defend, play battle cards. If you're not going to do that, don't play battle cards. Um, so quick example I'll give if, if I play a battle card you I have to be cognizant that he has a unison that can drop a card and KO one of my cards and he's going to be running 5 drop freeze a counterplay that can also KO one of my cards um, so what my goal should be if I'm dropping a bomb like let's just say I'm playing um, uh, SS4 Bardock and I'm going to tap four for the SS4 thwarting the Dark Empire. I can mm-hmm. do that, tap my SS4, play my four, right? Um, but when I pass turn and he goes back to active, I need to make sure I have another battle card on the board. Otherwise, he can KO it while it's inactive. Mm-hmm. Right, he's gone. Yeah. And that's another reason you don't necessarily want to bring Cell to four life early, because if Cell's at four life, he can just surge and KO one of my cards and then KO the other one with a unison before it can go to rest mode. Or if there's no board, they can just time lock you. Yep. Yep, exactly. Uh, you don't want to be vulnerable to the surge skill, period. Um, so that's always something to consider. It's it's pretty difficult to play against cell surge. You either go wide board or no board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you don't want in between. Yeah, because you don't want playing one or two battle cards and then he's going to snipe them both and surprise attack freeze at you 
uh, a lot of the kill pressure of cell surge comes from the Frieza chain. It's actually it, the lucky thing for a lot of people that it's popularized at three of them now instead of four. Because yeah. now, now you're probably only getting the chain off once, maybe twice in the entire game. So it makes cards with barrier very valuable because cell doesn't really run any native barrier removal. Like you might see the five drop Gohan that ignores barrier. You might see one of the um, the extra card that costs three energy and ignores barrier and makes you drop a card from hand. But it's fewer and far between. That's normally like side deck cards. So you have to remember cell doesn't usually run uh, barrier removal and they have a harder time removing big cards. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. And it's a deck that you can grind out. Like it, it, it sounds weird to say, but you can grind out cell pretty easy because at some point they're going to have to tap energy to do anything. And a lot of decks don't need to. Yeah. And once it's awoken, you, they have two powerful turns. And then after that, they basically do nothing. And um, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of Icarus players take their own life. Like they swing, take life, swing, take life, swing, take life. Um, I don't think that's necessarily bad. But given how many cards the leader draws, I also don't know that it's necessary. When you might be able to play a longer game, staying at eight life and letting your opponent get you there. Yep. I would say that's one of the biggest mistakes some people make is just trying to give themselves that very comfortable, nothing bad's going to happen to me. Um, I played plenty of games against Icarus players where, especially now, it's 100% free. But if they missed the opportunity to Zamasu, the Dark Broly Innocent, I could just stay unawakened until turn five. And then I would just, they'd have 10 cards in hand. I would just rip all 10 turn five and then four of them. Like, if I'm playing against Icarus and they take themselves to five life, I'm going to swing at you on my turn three. And you're going to end up either going to two or three life, or you're going to awaken early and deny yourself an extra draw, which is huge. Yeah, that's right? that's really big. That's really big. Because I can start threatening you with my 10k leader. I can start threatening you with my 20k unison. I can start threatening you with my five drop counterplay. And now you're in a situation where like, you're going to have to combo out of my weenie attacks or just put yourself at a very low life total. And you're now in a situation where you have to pressure me the next turn, but I'm going to use my surge skills so you can't play battle cards. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you're not yeah, wrong. It's, um, there, there's a lot of little intricacies to each kind of matchup. I think the only deck that can really self-awaken and aggro it down is Gogeta Zeno. Um, yeah, and it you're uh, I get this is another perfect segue because the next thing I wanted to talk about was it's kind of I think in order to dive a little deeper we have to talk about its place in the format how it matches up and then we can kind of get into some more intricate play lines where they're playing with the deck or playing against it because that can change depending on what you're playing against. Um, so as far as those decks go, so you said Gogeta Zeno, you feel has a has a good matchup. I'd agree. Nick, do you agree too? Oh hell yeah. Yeah. I, I think Gogeta Zeno does very well against the deck. Um I, as for I mean you've we've you've talked a little bit about the matchup of how you can play it, uh, how you can play it as Icarus and how you play it as Cell. Who do you think is naturally favored in that matchup? Uh, game um, one Cell. Yeah, with, without the Zamasu counterplay at full strength. Um, game one definitely Zell. 
um, game two, if they've sided like a full place out of Debar or something, it's really going to come down to who's probably the who's put in more reps with their deck in the matchup. I'm to be honest. Speak- I disagree slightly. I think once the Deburras come in, you're going to have a very tough time beating them. Like, I would say it's almost unwinnable once the Deburras come in. You can change some of your playlines to just go as long as possible and rely yeah, but, a lot more on those EDKs. Yeah, but at that point, you're not playing to, to win. You're playing to stall the timer, which is where we're at again in terms of you're not playing to win. You're just playing to survive until the clock runs out. You can go six turns to sell Surge in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. But uh, like I said, I, I don't it just think depends you, how fast your opponent's going. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I, I don't mean, think Nick, you're... are you saying that you're going to, that it's, are you saying that in game two, it's not that it's favorable? It's not that it's not favorable to Icarus. It's just that Cell can take them to time. Or are you saying that you think Cell can still take it? No, they can still take it. Um, so the issue in some of it is you got to remember, like, the power of, Gohan Icarus is playing on their opponent's turn. So if Gohan Icarus starts trying to pressure on their own turn, then that means they all of a sudden are leaving no energy up or one energy up, which leaves the opportunity for cells to be putting up, you know, BMS and stuff like that and rendering and rendering any late game to birds essentially useless. So yeah. it's a little bit more intricate than I think just they have four to birds, they win. I, I really do believe that it's it's an it's going to come down to who put more reps into that matchup um, than about I main four divorce because again like we talked about at the very beginning playing the game it's okay my opponent has two cards in hand they have two energy up I reverie on them what should that what should probably happen they probably had one or two divorce right and I think that's a huge like game two and sell you play so much differently than game one. Because if I'm in game two as Cell, I'm not going to Ribrian. I'm not going to use my Dark Broly Emison skill when my opponent has energy standing. Um, it just it doesn't make sense to me to give them a free Debura unless I already have a counter for it in my hand, like the uh, Focus Breakthrough, or unless I already have a Black Mass Saiyan on board. Like, if they're going to float energy, then they're wasting their resources. I can either draw Ape and draw two, or I can leave energy up for. Um, uh, Earth destroying Kamehameha, which will be a random snipe, and it decreases the chances of me hitting a Debra. Keyword being decreases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, think, I'm the master of sniping Debras. <laughs> um, like for me, um, I'm main decking uh, th- two to three EDK sells uh, Earth destroying Kamehameha, and then I'm siding in the fourth one for game two. Because random snipe is infinitely better than um, let your opponent choose. That's very cool. That's 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 a very cool tip. Um, and the, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say. And then uh, it's important to remember that the dark burly also negs your own hand. So if you use the unison, you drop a card, and your opponent drops a card. They drop a bird. They draw two. You just negged one for nothing. Um, you can just plus two, and it's if you discard a card, your opponent discards. So you can plus two the unison to make it beefy without actually discarding anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's another very very good tip, and uh, that a lot of people don't pick up on. So that's a really good one. Um, are there are there any other play lines that you change in game two? For the most part, like uh, we covered the most of it. It's just making sure that when you're pl- when your opponent's floating energy, that you're playing around it. 
Okay. So, so let me let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this because I think this question may come up with the listeners. So you're you're playing against Cell Surge, or let's say, no, let's say you're playing Cell Surge. So you're playing Cell Surge. You're in game two, and your opponent is always floating energy. How are you progressing game state? Oh, that's just like a big win at this point. If they're floating like all of their energy, yeah, discard I'm, and drive, <laughs> discard drive and drop. Yeah, you can literally just draw. <laughs> It's, it's not scary. You're like, if Sal can stay unawakened with a high life total for um, a long portion of the game, um, here's a good take is for the most part, Black's not super popular right now instead of Gogeta Xeno. Um, and even within Gogeta Xeno, there's very few cards people will at least main deck that mess with, with, with the drop to the warp. So Dark Broly was always a nightmare because it just wanted cards in the drop anyways and operate out of the drop. But it was even more frightening because you didn't want any of your battle cards ever just sitting in the drop. It made you hard to overwhelm. It made it hard to sit on a rebrand. Everything had to be discarded immediately. So with that deck more or less being completely dead now, there's very, very, very few cards that Gogeta Xeno would. And then again, that's probably just going to be the most popular black deck. So uh, that's going to be interacting with their drop. One big change in, like you said, if your opponent floats energy, and Nick really turned me onto this, is uh, you can stop charging at three or four with cell. Like you don't, you don't need to charge beyond four realistically, and then that'll help get you a hand advantage over them. So if they're just charge passing you or charge pass swinging you, you can just skip your charge to have the extra card in your hand. I'm assuming you won game one, and they've sided in all their Deburros. There actually is a slight meta game with that. Is yeah. if you're play, if you're playing against a really really smart player who understands hand destruction. So I think you were one of the first people I actually started playing against who stop charging on stop two. On two, but obviously with Dark Broly that's super easy and yeah. manageable. But then I was like, oh damn, and I was like, this guy knows. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually will keep if my if if I can see the tempo of the game is in my favor, I will actually keep charging. To remind my opponent to keep charging, because if you stop, they may be like, "Oh, damn! They're trying to keep their hand size up by not charging." You are in a, you are actually reminding your opponent to do the same in that instance as well. Yeah, and if you do, like if you go that go long route, remember your cell surge. Um, just keep your Frieza Zenos in your hand for game two. You can tap four for a Frieza Zeno, and then. Um, Activate main, snipe a card at random from your opponent's hand, and grab a card or grab a cell Z decay back from your drop, which is a very powerful play in game two because it gets you two random discards. It's energy intensive, but if your opponent's just floating energy anyway, it lets you punish them for it. Yeah. And uh, something a lot of people just don't necessarily understand because they just want to be able to finish the game or make sure they awaken. Um, being able to hold back on your nine drops, the self awakeners. Uh, for when you need them and letting them sit and drop. Most decks aren't going to be able to 6-0 you. So you can gamble on the fact of why self-awaken yourself or choose not to when you could actually be very well starved out from the game if you don't awaken. Or you could just be awakening yourself too fast. Uh, another side-in option Nick and I have tested or at least uh, wanting to test more of before we both kind of started leaning off Cell Surge was there's a super 17 SR from set nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Crits your opponent from eight to zero. 
Um, so with cell surge and like, this is one play I make frequently is you can overwhelm the Toa, right? The 15 K Toa that makes your leader 20 K, uh, force your opponent to discard. Then you can tap one and actually play your nine drop cell on top of the Toa. Like the Toa goes to drop and you play the nine drop cell. No, it's free. Oh, I always thought you had to tap one. It's free. Yeah, it's free. It's free. Yeah. That's snap. Yeah. Dark Broly before Dark Broly. Man, I'm 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 so bad. <laughs> Maybe <you should. laughs> and the so, uh, and, and the it, Super 17, it take it's just whatever life total they're at, it takes them down to four, correct? Yeah. Yeah, crits them down to four. Yeah. So what makes it broken is when Super 17 swings, your opponent rests two energy. Uh, one energy, I believe. Oh, man, you draw you draw a card, and then they and then you choose any of their cards to rest. Is it two or one though? I thought it was two. I could be wrong. I'll look it up. I believe it's just one. But in any event, um, a move that you can do is if they keep an energy up to float Debra, you can um play the Super Seventeen, rest the energy, and then awaken and rebrand them to make them discard two. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and then if you're at four life, you can leader skill and either make them discard another one or they play their cards and rest. Yeah. So it's just like uh it's it's a different turn two or game two play. Obviously, you're only gonna side that in against decks that can't self-awaken. And it is it is two cards you get to, it's just any two cards you can switch into rest mode. Yeah, but there you go. There you go. We're both wrong about something. Draw one card, <laughs> choose choose up to two of your opponent's cards. People are like, why am I listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> we can both be wrong together <laughs> yeah so um yeah the side uh the the mirror is really really abysmal um it's probably what turned me off of playing the deck at nats uh, <laughs> i was so upset once it started being popular and people caught on i was like damn this is the worst mirror that's ever existed yeah i think like nick and i tested the mirror twice and it's just um, you're grinding each other, nobody's swinging, you're grinding each other both down to zero cards in hand. Then you're faced with the decision of, do I surge at five life and hope my opponent <laughs> can't surge because they have zero cards in hand? Like, um, once you get your opponent to zero in hand, uh, you obviously need to put two under your leader to surge, and they need to be green and yellow. Because the deck's running eight to 12 yellow cards, uh, it's very likely that your opponent won't be able to surge. The only one nice part about that is just again keeping on those nine drops in the drop, but also just you can just choose to not charge the turn after that. Yeah. Oh and yeah. You, keeping a draw ape in the drop in the mirror. You should keep your draw ape in the drop for when you want to surge, because yes. you can tap two, draw two, then leader skill and pray to God you find a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, but you can just do the leader ability to to do the. Like before you awaken to search the top five, like you'll have decent odds of finding a yellow. Yeah, but if you only have one card in hand, you you're gonna have to like if you're top decking, you're gonna have to discard. Yeah, that's why you have the draw monkey. Well, yeah, there you go. So we're we're saying the same thing. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you are. You're going you're going seven cards deep to get what you need. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the mirror's not fun though. It practice it if you're gonna play cell surge. It's not fun. <laughs> It would yeah. make people who hate hand destruction very, very pleased. And it takes a long that. time. It takes a long time. 
despite neither player doing anything, it take it goes like six or seven turns. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's ironically basically a blue mirror match. It's it's really quite funny. Yeah. Yeah, the top deck of the century. So that was one thing I would say be prepared for. And again, um, we don't want to get into the loop territory that um, Jimmy talked about where we say, <laughs> yeah, this is this is how you beat Cell Surge. You don't want to play the Cell Surge mirror uh, because Cell Surge is a great deck and people are going to play it, right? So you don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, I'm not going to play Cell Surge. And then nobody plays Cell Surge and you're like, damn, I should have played Cell Surge. And that's... So if you're testing it and you're confident in it, I think it is the best deck uh, in the format, at least as far as game one goes. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's very strong. Very, very strong. Um, okay. So as far as other decks in the format, so let's just say blue decks in general. Um Soul Striker, SS4, um I, I don't imagine there'll be much baby, but just blue decks in general. How do you feel Cell Surge matches up against them? I'm waiting on Nick. I was waiting on you. You're just so quick. Um, yeah, I know. I'm talking too much. I'm letting you have the next couple. Honestly, I I would say that Super Saiyan 4 probably has better odds of beating it than Soul Striker does. Yeah, it depends on if you can top deck into Super Sa- into Android 17. Yeah, just because it actually you can inherently charge without having to waste cards in hand. Whereas other blue decks are forced to stop charging at three or four energy, at which all their bomb cards can never be turned on. The only one being, like, honestly, one of the best battle cards you can play against Cell Surge is Obuni, and that's a four energy play. So, right, you still have to charge that card. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like Cell Surge just inherently has a pretty good blue matchup in general. Yeah, it it's always been really good, and obviously with the the SCR from last set, the uh, Kabito Kai SCR, that just it's hilarious to be able to steal a blue blocker unison. That is just game breaking. <laughs> yeah, and lets you draw a card every turn. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, sweet, I awakened. I got a blocker that keeps me alive. It's gonna bottom deck your stuff, and I draw. We can't lose. <laughs> just on, good luck on that. On that, what I'll do, even if my unison has five markers, I'll swing at my leader and be like, he's going to take the two cards to his hand. Like, why wouldn't he? Um, so I'll swing at your leader. Uh, you'll take the two cards. Then I'll tap two for the secret rare, steal your boo unison. Um, and then I'll swing boo unison into your leader. Mm-hmm. And then I'll swing Kibito Kai into your <laughs> leader. And now I've just took you down to two life. You might have eight cards in hand, but I'm going to pass turn with more cards in hand surge. So you can't play battle cards and um, I'll have a blocker that can bottom deck one of your cards on my turn. And then every single swing is essentially lethal at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's just good. like a, a cool thing you can do if you want to mind game your opponent. So yeah, I, I definitely, I agree with all that. Um, are there any other decks that you wanted to talk about as far as matchups go and how, how kind of the games go with Cell Search? Um, you have to know when it's worth swinging. So, um, for example, like like the Icarus example, when, if my opponent's playing a self-awakened leader and I can try and push two to three damage, I will try and push two to three damage. Because if I can force them to awaken defensively and deny them a big turn, or if I can um, force them to go to a threateningly low life total when I'm safe, I'll always do that. Yeah, cells not required to to get people to zero in order to start swinging. 
yeah, I feel like that can be a trap for, yeah, I think that can be a trap sometimes for people too, where they may not be getting the advantage that they could be generating. Yeah. I've heard people say like, I don't turn any of my cards sideways until my opponent has zero cards in hand. And in some matchups, that's just not feasible. And you're just going to sit on your um, front side and get out grinded. Right. Right. At some point you have to say, okay, I need to progress game state. Yeah, there's there's a lot of leaders now that essentially have very strong front sides that don't need to awaken. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so let's just talk about side decking a little bit more. As far as cell surge, if you are the cell surge player, we've talked about some cards that you can sideboard. Uh, we've talked about the Gohan and like cards to remove barrier. We've talked about BMS to counter the Deborah. We've talked about the um, what was. I believe we talked about another card too. Um, Super, 17. Super 17. That's right. Yeah. Super 17 in the side. Um, are there any other sideboard cards that you all would recommend that you think people should definitely play to help in some of the matchups? Or I'm, I'm really curious to also hear about what you do to help with Gogeta Zeno. Cause that was really the only deck that we've all agreed. Like, yeah, that, that one can be rough. So I, I have the benefit of having my side deck right in front of me for cell surge. Um, I'm playing Newfound Power Sun Gohan at three, the uh, one drop crit self awakener. Okay, and when are you bringing that in? Um, the mirror match. Is that the only time you're bringing him in, or? No, anytime I'm playing against a deck that doesn't need to attack me. Yeah, exactly. So I'll play it in the mirror match. I'll probably bring it in against Hatch if I play against Hatch. Uh, any super slow deck that yeah. I'm worried will outgrind me. I it's think those control matchups. Exactly. Um, obviously two of the Gohan Hidden Might, which we talked about earlier. Uh, one of the five drop Majin Buu on Adulterated Destruction. Yeah, that, um, that is a cool card. Yeah, he's a really good card because when he's in rest, uh, your opponent can't attack their leader and it's a permanent, so it actually gets around cards like Fu. Yep. Anything you can do right now to help counter Fu. Uh, the card that should and, have been banned. That, uh, <laughs> what that was good. <laughs> it's, a board, it's a board wipe, and if your opponent KOs it or um, places it on the drop by a skill, uh, so even like that new Kaba, I think, places cards in the drop, um, it uh, plays itself from the drop area. So uh, really, really good card. Uh, I run that as a one-of. You know, if you see it, great. If you don't, oh well. Well, um, and it's turn five, too. Like, you've dug through so much of your deck at that point. Exactly. Uh, draw monkeys into burrows. That's basically it. Okay. Uh, Nick, any any differences or things you disagree with or other cards you would consider? Well, his is way different. Ours are about like half similar, but I I haven't been super on to sell for a while for Nat, so I haven't been working on the side for it a whole lot with all the new changes. Um, one of the bigger ones for me was putting in Bigamore. Uh, Green's always struggled with, or sorry, like sell specific at least, Struggles with big bombs, especially if they have barrier or if they're over seven cost. It just inherently kind of screws them. Those are all cards that happen pretty late in the game where you really don't need to use that much of your energy if you've kept charging. So two energy for Bigamore to do essentially a second time lock on your opponent. I think it's great. So they can go ahead and cast their their big boss monster, but it's not doing anything that turn. Yeah, it's almost like another leader skill against, uh, like it's almost like another surge skill. But yeah, and if you're doing that turn five or six, 
Like, you, that's fine. You have the energy to spare for that. Yeah, it stops Foo, stops uh, the SS4 Gogeta. It's, it's a good card. Um, Black Mass Saiyan, obviously, to deter um, free plays like Gohan Icarus. The, it right, stops right. It, and it stops the Burra, which is important. Yep. Um, obviously, the interaction that I say every time I talk about this, um, if the Burr is your opponent's last card in hand, you make them discard it, they tap one to play it, your Black Mass Saiyan auto triggers, they don't have any cards to discard, then the Deburra triggers, they draw two. So situationally, Deburra still kind of defeats Black Mass Saiyan if it's the last card in your hand, but um, that's why I would also consider Focus Breakthrough instead. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to ask you about Focus Breakthrough, actually. I feel like that, c- that can be a very, very strong card for Cell Surge. The other joke card against Blue Yellow is Power of a Super Saiyan. Um, oh, man. Or sorry, not Power of Super Saiyan. It's Hidden, hidden Power, hidden power of the, of the Saiyans. That's literally the next card I was going to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, so that has a really fun interaction with tokens. So the text reads something like your opponent can place the card they're playing in the drop area. If they don't, they discard two cards for uh, each card or something. Um, so if your opponent plays an Obuni, for example, they're going to play three tokens. You're going to hidden power the Super Saiyan. Uh, the cost is placing the token in the drop. Tokens can't be placed in the drop. They get removed from the game. So your opponent can't pay the cost. That means they have to discard two cards for each token they play. Yeah, and now so, with Goku Black, whoo! Yeah, exactly. You could, if your opponent punts, they can negate. Yeah, <laughs> the card is so dumb. I, it's funny you brought that up then because I, I literally had just pulled it up on my phone because I couldn't remember the exact name of the card. I knew it was like Power of the Saiyans, but I couldn't remember the full name. So it's funny yeah. that you brought it up right then. So if you're playing against a deck that wants to play Goku Black on 4 Energy, uh, and they're going to have a big hand size, you can hilariously punish them. Or if, you know, you get that rogue TN in round one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that would be so mean. <laughs> Make them regret coming to Nats, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um I think one of the last things I have on my side, which other people put on the main board, but after a lot of discussion and going through matchups and just doing the math on cards and why I think it's bad, um, I don't main deck the Majin Buu negate. I put it on the side. That's the, the spirit boost one, right? That stops your opponent's leader from attacking? No, the, the no, two the, drop. The topo? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. I, that's topo. it. That's a difference in our list. I main deck two of them, and you uh, you side the two. What's, what's yeah, the thought I, process there, Nick? So it just comes down to math. So if you spend your turn two not using your energy to rebrand somebody, so again, you've lost out on essentially two cards from their hand. If you're playing against an aggressive deck and you do this, they really don't need to swing at you. They can just swing leader version and they're fine. You have dropped two cards from your hand while dropping none out of theirs. So you essentially did a minus four in comparison to what could have been. So uh, I have a conflicting opinion on this card. I think this card's awesome. Um, Your worst matchups are aggro decks. So I think main decking, the answer to aggro decks is good. That being said, I have lost many games by playing the Spoonigate too early. um, Because I've played the Boonigate when I'm at six life, thinking my opponent might push through it and they don't. Then they actually just reestablish, and I lost two cards in hand for no reason because I'm at six life and they attack my leader twice. Mm-hmm. 
before I can uh, really get any of my skills popping off. Yeah. And then you have to, and especially against black, you have to time it in such a way that they are at no lower than five life because obviously their counterplays are live at that point. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that, it's the exact the, math that Nick just broke down, right? It's the neg two and then the two cards that you would have had from life. Exactly. So in my opinion, you're better off just keeping two up for two cells EDKs. Yeah, I was going to say Nick traded them for cells Kamehameha's, which I guess makes sense. But Yeah, so you can take life until you're comfortable no longer taking it, and then cells EDK them. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, all right, so I think we've covered cyborg cards pretty well for Cell Surge. Um, what are cards... Are there any cards other than the obvious that you'd like to talk about? Obviously, Draw Apes Deborah, right? We don't have to go on for 10 minutes talking about why you side them in against Cell Surge. Um, if, you're, <laughs> if you're playing a Nats, you should, you should have those cards in your sideboard, at least Deborah's. What, what other cards could you side in versus the matchup, or is that pretty much it? Are you just saying, I'm going to draw cards, and that's how I'm going to beat it? I think it's more of what you side out game to, truth be told, that matters more. Because like you're not gonna put like put it this way, you said to Burrows and Drives, right? That's gonna be at least six cards for your side. If I'm siding more than six cards for one matchup, I'm a bad player. That's what it comes down to, right? Like if I'm siding eight to nine cards into my deck, it's like there's a problem in my deck construction if I can swap out nine slots without sweating. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and I mean, it's when you when you're building a deck too, you you have to build it with the full sixty five to seventy five in mind. If you guys go back and listen to our first deck building episode, we talk a lot about deck building and how it's so important to build the entire list together and really map out what cards you're, what cards you can actually take out in certain matchups and what you can actually side in. Because what a lot of players find is that they're they're putting they're overcompensating, which I think is kind of what you were getting at, and they're overcompensating in a way that they can't even effectively get them in the deck. Yeah, I'll shameless plug. Uh, there's also a great blog article called Hermit Salon Deck Building on BorderCityBowlersBlog.com. There is WordPress there site. Is. <laughs> <laughs> that that um, is yeah. Armando's blog. If you guys have not checked that out, it is phenomenal, and there's a ton of great information on there. So, but yeah, uh, so I think it's more so what cards you side out. Um, and that unfortunately comes with practice. Like uh, there's no magic card that, I mean, there's no magic card that we're going to reveal today. That <laughs> you can side in against Cell Surge that really helps you win the matchup. But there's some, uh, there's some cards that certainly help. Um, like you said, draw apes are hugely important. Um, anything that has activate from drop effects is pretty good. So in black, you can side Hatchyaks to be spicy. Um, the tap three, refill three cards in your deck. Oh, baby. Dual My attacker. favorite yeah. card. Yeah, that card's actually pretty good because anything that you discard and gives you value from drop, I think is a good side option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and that that list could go on for a while between different colors. Because um, we, we have a decent amount of drop effects in Dragon Ball. Yeah, exactly. Like, not even a scratch is a good black generic one. Um, uh, boo, which is you know also just drawing pitching pitching one, drawing two. Uh, foo yeah. mission accomplished. Like black especially has a lot of cards. If you're playing a red deck, you can tech that red blue card. That's really good. Um, the uh, it's a universe seven one. Uh, I don't know the name. 
came in the Goku store. I think it's called um, We're All in This Together or something like that. Um, is that the four drop extra card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, life yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. It is We're All in This Together. That's the name of yeah. it. Too. Yeah, like that's a sweet one that you can just loop back to your hand for one red energy. Um, so, yeah, like every color has options. You just kind of got to get a little creative if you don't want to run the stock Tabura and um, drives. Cool. Nick, any any other cards that you wanted to talk about? Or is, I mean, I I, I feel like it's not very difficult to side against Cell Surge. Um, Mercenary I, Tau. I feel, <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like it's pretty, yeah, right. pre, a lot of it's pretty obvious. Uh, but anything else you wanted to mention on this topic, Nick? That really covers a large portion of it is you shouldn't need to be siding more than five cards for Cell Surge. Like that's that's a huge amount of cards to be siding in and oh yeah yeah it, at a certain point I would say to most people is it if you've practiced the matchup enough and siding those five cards in isn't enough for you to get above fifty fifty you might not even want to put in those bother siding those in oh man I'm so happy you actually brought that up because this is something that we've talked about before. Um, and it's something that I still see people do. Like if your matchup is that horrendous and it's like a 95 to 5% chance, you know, like 5% chance I win a lot of times if all the siding is going to do is make me go from like 5% to 10%. Is it really worth half of my sideboard space? Probably yeah, not. Like- the worst matchup I can think of would be the Super Saiyan 3 um, Reborn. Oh, the Goku? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's horrendous. That's something you do not side a single card for Cell Surge. You just accept that you're going to shake the man's hand, you're going to buy a beer and enjoy your hour off. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No no, I agree for sure. Um, okay, cool. So we, we've, I think we've covered a lot of the ins and outs of cell from, from playing it to staple cards, um, different play lines you can take and different matchups and then, you know, how to effectively side, whether you are playing the deck or whether you are playing against it. Do you guys have anything else just in general? about the deck that you wanted to add before we wrap this up uh no one to stop charging that's what it comes down to like that's going to be the it's almost like playing against red broly br uh when he was the boogeyman deck where you had to know do i charge on three or do i skip charge to stop him from playing his sr uh very similar like thought process there just unfortunately if you're going to go to nats you should be practicing the matchup well, secondly, on top of that, too, let's just say you're playing blue. All right. Knowing when to stop charging, that also gets extended to deck building, not just um, knowing when to stop. It's are all of your boss monsters, you know, six to seven cost, maybe need more four and three cost battle cards. Yeah, uh, I think that's it. So I think that's uh, I think we're, we're tapped out. <laughs> cool well guys um it was a pleasure having you guys on to talk about this hopefully everyone got a lot out of it i know i was learning as you guys were talking so hopefully the listeners shared that as well um but yeah it's it's always a pleasure and we're going to have you on again for the next episode because we are 
going to do it. We were going to do all this in one episode for this one, but this discussion ended up just being so great. I looked at the time and I was like, we're already past an hour. So to, to fit in the award <laughs> ceremony, I think would be a, a little tough for this episode. <laughs> So yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't have let us go off, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was great. It was great, you guys. the The conversation was just it was going really well. So I th- I think there was a lot more value in in having this. So we'll we'll split that up and we'll we'll bring these guys back on for the award ceremony, which is going to be our next episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. We're actually if. Well, first of all, if you have never listened to a Hermit Style Award show, you're missing out. Go back and listen to the last one. They're fantastic. I try to do them as the last episode of every season. Uh, the seasons of the show are basically formats. So now that we're moving on to another main set, um, I move on to the next season myself. And obviously we have like mini formats, but I talk, I'm talking major sets that drop. Um, that kind of guides the seasons of the show. So when it's time for them to come out, we always wrap up the season with an award ceremony and we give out awards for all different things like cards that were our favorite cards, cards that we thought were the worst cards, um, all, all, all different kinds of things. And for this one, I'm especially excited because we are going to do the first ever award for a community member. Uh, so one member of the Discord will actually win an award and um i haven't picked all the prizing out yet but they will all actually earn (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry to interrupt you there just letting the fans know (laughs) oh yeah i was just i was just looking for your nominations and just um uh, i can't find it though it doesn't look like (laughs) nick have you you seen it (laughs) i think someone considered him but then they went nah that's a bad choice it's it's baffling that nick got a nomination whatever cold takes cold takes all over this discord (laughs) but uh we will pick if you'd like to nominate someone um honestly if you listen to the episode it may be too late but so i'm sorry but we do have a channel called the turtle school award nominations. It was kind of last second. It was an idea that was brought up and I was like, yo, that is gold. Let's do it. So, um, next time there will be more notice so that way you can get your nominations in, but we already have a decent amount of, um, of people to choose from. So it should be fun. But until then guys, I really appreciate you all. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. Any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, shout out to uh, Team Hermit Style, Team A and Team B. You guys, uh, we've been testing a lot together, having a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to you, Jimmy, for having us on the podcast. Um, shout out to my partner in Dragon Ball Crime, Nick Menard. Thank you for uh, joining me on this journey. It's been fun. Shout out to you for dragging me around everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, Hermit, Hermit's been great. It's been quite the positive experience just finding this place and getting to know everybody. So shout out to the community. Awesome. Yep. All right, guys. Well, um, I got one more. I got one more. Shout out to to our old teammates, team berserk. We still talk with those guys regularly. Uh, Great dudes. I would have felt bad leaving them out because I was just playing with them on uh, Thursday, I think. So fun guys. Definitely keep watching their YouTube show. Absolutely. Oh yeah. The team talks are fire. Lucas, I think, is one of the funniest people I've talked to in the community, honestly. He cracks yeah, me I up aspi- every time. I, I aspire to be as funny as Lucas. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, fail regularly. I, I, yeah, I would, say, I, would, <laughs> I would say that, but it'll never happen. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you again. And, um, yeah. 
fans of the show. They'll they'll be back very soon. Results of training. All right, guys. So wrapped up another episode of the Road to Nets. We have one left. Uh, so we will have one more episode. Uh, we'll have this one last special guest on to talk about one more meta deck. So definitely look forward to that. Um, I do want to real quick say one quote from Nick. He actually said it right after we got done recording, but he said every game with Cell Surge is winnable. You just have to figure out how to get there. Um, so that, that was something just interesting that he had said that I kind of thought more about. And there really are, you know, there are a lot of decisions that you do have to make. A lot of people tend to call it an easier deck to play or helmet deck to play. And I, we just all kind of disagree. There's a lot of different play lines you can take at different times. And um, there, there are, you know, different decisions you have to make throughout the course of the game where when you do lose, you'd really have to evaluate each turn you took and make sure that you did make all the correct decisions because a lot of those games you potentially could have won uh, had you made better choices. So that is a cool part of the deck that is one of the more rewarding parts of the deck, I would say. Uh, it can be, you know, some people say it's boring, some people like it. Uh, you know, up for debate. That's just everyone's personal preference, but definitely something to think about. But anyways, getting into results of training, which of course is brought to you by Promats. If you do not have a Promat yet and you are a listener of the show, I don't know what you're doing. Get a Promat. They are truly the best. You can look at all of his great designs at promats-customs.com or you can reach out to me to get one of the hermit style mats that he created. And um, at, spoiler, uh, on the next episode, I'll be announcing our September giveaway, and it is a pro mat, and it's actually a cloth mat. So uh, look forward to that. I'll be announcing that next episode. But yeah, uh, moving on to results of training, guys. I did put a lot more testing in for this format, and I have to say the more I test this format, the more I just dislike it. Um, it's just not fun to me. I don't know. I'm just not enjoying myself. As I continue to play, I just... More and more hate Shroud at Foo. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Not, not too much more optimism here. We left the last episode thinking maybe there would be some more, but yeah, not having a good time. Uh, Gogeta Xena still feels very strong. Uh, it has a lot of great matchups in the format. I think it's a great choice for Nats. Uh, we do have another deck we are working on that I promised I would not say publicly yet, um, just because we haven't really heard many people talking about it, and it is a consideration for Nats. But we put a lot of time into testing it. Uh, my only hesitance with it is it didn't perform as well as we wanted for some of the more aggressive decks in the format, like Gogeta Xeno and Jiren. Um, it struggled a little bit more against them than I kind of thought it would. So we're still putting some more time uh, into really perfecting the list and seeing if it will be playable. But yeah, we've we just been going game after game after game. And it is just, I don't know. I, I'm just not having fun this format. So hopefully I find a deck that I enjoy more and maybe will turn it around for me. But honestly, the more I think about it, I think I'd even be having more fun if the ban list had never even happened. <laughs> like that sounds real wild to say, but the more I test, it's like, oh, man, it's just so much more dependent on foo. It's crazy. And I just, ugh, I don't have fun with it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Well, I'm going to put some more testing in after this episode and I, I keep hoping for change. I keep hoping I'll find a different deck or play line that makes me have more fun, but Either way, we're going to grind it out for Nats so we can hopefully perform as, as good as we possibly can. And um, and then hopefully after Nats, 
we can all commit to playing some fun decks and uh, have a little bit more fun with the game. But anyways, let's jump into Mailbag before we wrap up the episode. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Monaka's Delivery Service. Okay, so our first question today comes from Nukenfoobs, Brant, a member of Kami House Security. He said, what's your favorite Pokemon? And if you play Super Smash Bros., who is your main best character? Ooh, this is a good one. All right, favorite Pokemon. I have a few. If I have to pick one, uh, Alakazam. Alakazam is actually my favorite Pokemon, but also up there on the list is Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, and... I feel like it's lame to say this, but Charizard has always been one of my favorite Pokemon. Actually, when I was a little kid, my parents got me a Charizard, like a base set Charizard, first edition, as a present. And um, yeah, it was amazing. And that was like what I really, really wanted. So I've just always loved Charizard. Um, so yeah, th those are my favorites. But if I have to pick just one, I I almost always have Alakazam in my roster when, I, when I'm playing the game, like almost every single time. So Yep, that, that would be my favorite. And then if I play Super Smash Bros., who is my main? Bro, King K. Rule. Come on. King K. Rule is snapped, dog. Like, hit the belly, when he shoots the... Oh, dog. He's so good. King K. Rule, coming to clap him. I also like Samus a lot, but King K. Rule is my main. All right, and our next question comes from Getem. Uh, Getem asked... <laughs> this is a silly question. He said, would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? Dog, this is a card game podcast. We've got to have uh, hands for feet. Like, you can't mess with my actual hands. If my hands become feet, I can't play cards. Or it's going to be a pain in the ass. So my feet, they got to go. Like They just got to be hands. If I can't walk, time for a wheelchair. But can't, cannot give up playing cards, you know? So that's it. That's it. All right, that will do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot more coming. We have the next part of the road to Nats, which is the final of our series. We'll have the last deck we talk about with our last special guest. We have an award show coming to wrap this season up. And then, of course, we've got a brand new season coming with a top five episode to break down our top five cards of each color for Saiyan Showdown. It's going to be great. But until then, good luck in your testing, good luck in your games, and we will see you next time. Later. Yeah, I got the real one. Problem on my back every day. I 